What's going on, everybody? It is Thursday, September 23rd, and you have found the Pinwheels and Ivy Podcast. I am your host, Matt Swaski, a.k.a. Father Zoe. And tonight, ladies and gentlemen, also going back to Positive Zoe. And with me, as always, Mr. Aldo Soto, who will definitely try to nag me out. What's up, Aldo? <laughs> I was going to say, it's such a weird feeling. Outnumbered, two to one. This is the first time. Yes. I think in a while. And speaking, what Aldo is speaking to is... Kate Fitz, who I don't know if you guys know, this is kind of a big deal in Vegas, got pulled away to a show. I don't really, I can't keep up with that kid. Dude, listening to his schedule just makes me tired. But he's at like some private sushi bar opening thing. I don't know. Like, dude, the kid's like the Zagat, the human Zagat Vegas book. Like he's at every bar, restaurant, like every open. <laughs> well, his personal life, his, uh, his lady friend runs a pretty big PR firm. So he's uh and he's definitely involved in all that. So uh I know Alex is his girlfriend, but still he's kind of a big deal. But that other handsome gentleman down there for a very rare occasion, Mr. Jordan, the better looking ski on the show. <laughs> Les, what's going on, Jordan? How you doing, not, buddy? Not too much. Glad to be here. I'm excited for this. This is always a good time. Well, thank you very much. Uh, if you are listening to the show on uh, one of the million different places you can listen to a podcast now, I'm not going to write them all off. Um, you should be watching us live on Wednesday nights, and you would know that Jordan was kind enough, kind enough to do his show, The Good People Over at Socks on 35th, which if you're not following him and you watch this show, that's just weird. And jump on our show right afterwards so he's pulling the, the two-hour graveyard shift we really appreciate it um we really want to have jordan on this week well because one duh and two uh if you don't follow jordan on twitter he definitely brings really good insight especially into the uh pitching aspect of what the white Sox got going on and i i've I've, it's like a running joke now, but I always say, damn it, I agree with Jordan. But me and him tend to see eye to eye on a lot of things. And uh, yeah, see, they're already coming after you in the comments. Jordan, hates I was like, man, I can't figure it out. Yeah. You said all these nice things, and all of a sudden, yeah. there's already the hate mail in the comments. Fantastic. <laughs> so uh, we're going to go. This is going to be a pretty heavy White Sox show. Sorry, although I know your boy, Brennan, right. your boy, Brennan Hill. Shut up, Brennan Davis. Brennan Davis. Shut up, Brennan. <laughs> I, even, I got memories, but Brennan Davis is something Cubs fans should definitely be very excited. Yeah. That kid is fucking gnarly. He is. Thank you for that. Yeah, Jordan. Yes. <laughs> um, I promise everybody, if K-Fids goes out drinking tonight, I will get him to record a rant. And then we'll tell him we'll play it, and then we'll figure out where to play it. <laughs> you know he's got one in him. He's like, uh, if he doesn't get it off once a week, which, oh, shit, don't clip that. Uh, he, he gets really grumpy. He's going to call He's gonna call the group chat yep. at like 3 a.m. 3 a.m. We're going to get the group chat call. I'll be up with the kid anyways. And he's like, so, did you watch the Rays-Blue Jays game? He threw it, that guy. This bullshit. <laughs> And he's going to go off about it, and I'm going to love him because I love that guy. But uh, So tonight we're going to talk a lot about the White Sox. Um, not exactly exuding confidence in White Sox fan nation going into the playoffs now. Um, that's okay. As I mentioned, positive though. I've been listening to a lot of our, our friend shows, uh, you know, our peers in the um, – White Sox show podcast realm, if you will. And I don't disagree with a lot of them, but I have a different viewpoint. 
So we're going to talk about that. Of course, um, we're going to talk about <laughs> we're talk about uh, White Sox pitching because that's obviously for, first and foremost about this as we head into the playoffs. Like basically, like the fuck, we're going to do. Uh, so that and I try to set schedules every week, and it all goes to shit anyway. So we'll just stop there. <laughs> uh, all that being said, and that's um. It's cold out there. Warm up with anything besides an Oktoberfest brew, because and let's tap this cake. Rebuild of the favorites. We here for the latest. South side or the north side. Not tuned to the greatest. Home team for the home teams. Both sides got our own rings. On the mound or the long ball. But we don't put the wrong strings. Yeah. It's that time of the year now. Wrigley or Gantee, so the whole league that we hear now. New show with a new mood. Discussions and interviews. Trade rumors that might be. This is Pinwheels and Knife. Yeah. This is what you waiting for, yeah. You can put it on the boy, yeah. Every season, nigga, it all change. Take me out to the bar game. This is what you waiting for, yeah. You can put it on the As always, the show is brought to you by PointsBet. They've made it easier than ever to sign up with PointsBet. You don't even have to go in the building anymore. You just have to be close enough to the building where you can just hook on their Wi-Fi, sign up for their service, use promo code PINWHEELS. You'll get a bunch of free money, free bets. Uh, You're going to want to do it because PointsBet, I use all the apps, and PointsBet is definitely my go-to, and that's completely unbiased. They don't pay me enough to say that, but I'm really just (laughs) saying that. It's easily my bias, uh, really easy user interface, um, great boost, same game parlays, and usually some of the bets. They got the no-juice odds going right now, Mm -hmm. so you, you can bet every game at plus 100, which is pretty sweet, no matter what bet you decide to take. Uh, so points by the promo code pinwheels. They got three locations in the Chicagoland area, uh, far north, like right in Chicago. And then on the south side, out by me in Crestwood. And then the other person that brings you to the show are us, dude. Go buy some fucking shirts and stuff and buy a mug. <laughs> it's cold out. And there's a link at the top of our Twitter page at pinwheels and Ivy pod. If you want to support the show, I got to say real quick, you guys have been amazing with that shit. Uh, we are going to figure out some cool shit to do with the money. It's mostly going to be production upgrades so we can provide a better show for you guys. Um, but we're still saving up that money so Fitz can get the surgery. Anyways, <laughs> let's go into it. Ah, fuck, we have to go into it. So, again, Jordan Laz, thank you very much for joining the show. White Sox got, what, a weird five-game series in Cleveland a sneaky game in Detroit to make up two in Cincinnati and three in Detroit. As we sit here on Wednesday night recording live, how do you feel right now, Jordan? I'm fine. Like I, I know that's a weird thing that people have been clear with me on to tell me that's weird. I'm fine with, with things. My biggest concern is Rodon and I know we'll get into that. So I won't spoil it too much. Mm Mm-hmm. My biggest concern is what level of Carlos Rodon will they get heading into October? I think just from a mentality standpoint, it is very hard for this team being up 
eight, being 18 games over 500 at the break to keep the foot on the gas yes. all the way through. And that's when you're going to see stretches like this. Mm-hmm. And, and I know people want them to get hot in the play, or before the playoffs. I get that. But I also get making sure you're healthy first. And if you can do that, that's most important to me. I, th- I think one thing they do have to be wary of is, is per- on some of the offense, you got to hit the ball out of the ballpark. The team has not been doing that right now. And if you're not doing that, this team doesn't do well. We- we've seen that lineup perfectly. Benetti's put on I don't know how many stats on the broadcasts when it comes to that. Like All, all of that combines into me feeling like I'm fine. I, I- I'm watching these games. I realize the Rusin crew really – doesn't care about winning these games. So it's very hard for me to sit there and be like, Oh, why did he do that? What is this lineup? Why is he hitting eighth? And why is he hitting set? Like all of that stuff that kind of naturally fades away over the course of a season. Like I also for me, I'm, I'm 24. So I haven't seen a lot of white Sox baseball. Oh, good for you. <laughs> so, it's like, <laughs> so it's like, I haven't seen a lot of white Sox playoff baseball. And it's like, I'm just excited to get to that. And I know, <laughs> The standards get higher as you go on. I'm 37 and I haven't seen a lot of White Sox <laughs> baseball. What are you talking about? But you've at least got 05 in your memories. That's like a distant thing when, like, for me, like Neopets was still a thing and, like, I was not paying attention at age eight to 2005. Like, that was not a thing I comprehend at all or yeah. understood the gravity of. I'm like, oh, they'll just be back there next year, whatever. Uh, so it, it's like all of those things combined for me, it's like, just get me to October 7th. That's the next game. I'm going to be like, let's go. I'll, I'll be saying dumb crap on Twitter and it'll be, it'll be a fun one. But yeah, I, I just, I'm good with it. Like I'm, I'm not, I, yeah. I'm with you. I'm with you. And I'm seeing some people get really worked up and that's fine. That's your prerogative. If that's what you want to do. do right. You think that's fine. Uh, me and all that we're talking about it uh, pre-show. I think now, more than ever in the like almost the history of sports in all the major sports hockey basketball baseball football there's so much parity in all the leagues Mm -hmm. and the level of talent is always there especially on teams that are playoff caliber where now more than ever it's all about just making if you can get in the dance Mm-hmm. You have a shot. And I mean, we're seeing, especially in like hockey, eight seeds are winning the Stanley Cup. You know, it, it's not how it used to be where the one versus eight matchup in the first round is as a whatever. It's like an afterthought. It's just not like that anymore. Yeah. And, and I don't think it's as strong in baseball. Like, there is definitely a, a talent camp. But if you look at the teams that are going to make the playoffs versus teams that aren't, to me, that's night and day. Yep. So this is truly going to be a tournament of the best teams. It's just a matter of who the fuck shows up. And I agree that it's going to be very hard. I'm getting – the only thing that makes me nervous is we're getting a little too close for my – I would have liked the Detroit series to be the series where the flip, the proverbial switch got flipped. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's when people started getting a little big hot, but – there are guys on the Sox right now that make me feel a little bit better going into play. Like Luis Robert, you know, we he's playing some of the best baseball we've seen him play all year. Everything that he hits, like even a half swing of his has like 110 exit velo. It's fucking gross. Uh, yeah. I'm going to start eating Domino's pizza. 
Uh, <laughs> dude, it's just that dude is just not human, man. Um, Grandal coming in hot. Uh, you know, Yoramankata very quietly. No matter what White Sox Twitter <laughs> likes to tell you, he is playing very good baseball, especially defensively. Mm-hmm. I think on the Sox Machine show with uh, Josh Nelson that was on before us there, um, every White Sox position in the fielding Bible is below average except for third base, which hot stat right there. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm not, I'm not going to get worked up. Let's just put it that way. Now, although as an outsider and as someone that likes to get me fired up, what I mean, I know you're paying attention because of the show and everything like that. Probably not as closely, but as someone that's watched the Cubs, you know, right. kind of in the same scenario with a big division lead and kind of pumping the brakes a little bit, but what do you think about this White Sox as they head into the playoffs? No, I saw, I think I saw you, Jordan, the other day. It might have been after maybe what Tuesday's loss against the Tigers, uh, where you, where you were just like, you know, putting out there how, you know, it, the only thing that you can really like say that kind of matters heading into the postseason is just like being healthy. I guess we can like, use this to transition to like to Carlos Rodon. And for me, like it's, it's the rotation because like for the entire White Sox, like 2021 season, obviously there's the whole part where like you guys just haven't had the full lineup for mm-hmm. more than like a handful of days, it seems. Right. Um, so you don't know what that you don't know what the offense is going to be like because you're probably going to see it for the first time at full capacity in, in the playoffs. Um, so I don't, I'm not too worried about the offense and how like at times inconsistent they are, but it's the rotation. It's if you have to rely on, um, or if you go into it, not have, or not counting on Carlos Rodon being, you know, that guy that he's been, mm-hmm. you know, if you have to have a Lancelin have to dominate against a tough Houston team, you know, Giolito, I know Giolito, I, I, we've talked about it for weeks now. I, I'm, I, I'm in the camp, you know, you start Giolito game one. Um, obviously, maybe not all the numbers, maybe not. Like, George, you've I mean, seen the light. You guys, Thank you, you. Know, you guys know it better than me. Like, there's a lot of like, oh, Giolito's not, not that good this year, or whatever. I don't, it's I mean, the yeah. fucking commercial. I swear to God, no, it's, it's, <laughs> it's probably commercials and like the, I, it, there's always, we, as sports fans, like, I mean, we, we do it all the time. We do it all the time. It's it's that one thing that sticks in your mind. And it's like that start that he that he had against Boston. That like 10 a.m. first pitch or 9 a.m. whatever it was yep. when he was terrible. And ever since then, it's like uh, Giolito. It's, it's number one. Giolito sucks in the gate or in the daytime, or just like oh you can't count Giolito. <laughs> just like just because of that one start. I swear it's because of that one start. But for me, it's just like you know like how is the rotation gonna hold up? Um. You know, Dylan Cease, I obviously I know you guys are big Dylan, big Dylan Cease guys. I've been a little, maybe not as high as him as, uh, or not as high as you guys are. It's hard to be as high as I am <laughs> right? Dylan Cease. It's fine. I, I don't expect it. <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, but it's like, you know, Dylan Cease, can you count on him to, you know, have that shutdown start in an elimination <clears throat> game or something? Um, so I think that's just like a big piece. Like, oh, Rodan, is it, I've been saying it ever since. He went down. When did you go down? In late August when they shut him down? Mm. I've been saying since then, like, I don't think he's right. And I I think at this point, it kind of seems like he, he just hasn't been right. 
So, I mean, yeah, it, 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 oh, I was going to say, it feels like a dead arm period for Rodon, and you can't really, because mechanically he looks fine. He he hits mm-hmm. 95, he hit 95 in Detroit. Like, you know, he's not like, I, I, I don't think he's hiding an injury. It's like, you don't know how long this dead arm is going to last. And it's like, yeah. And, and that, if there's something to be concerned about for me, as I've tried to be very much like, it's fine, it's cool, it's whatever. That not not really knowing what Rodon we're going to get would be probably the biggest concern. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, fuck it. Let's get into the pitching. All right. So for those of you, you know, well, I got another thing I want to talk about because someone brought it up and I completely forget who. And I hate it when that happens because I always try to give people credit. But anyways, uh, fuck, my sock someone was right. I do ramble on. Anyways, <laughs> um, pitching. So you guys touched on Carlos Rodon. You know, for those of you that haven't been paying attention or whatever, he went down late August. Uh, this is the most Carlos Rodon's pitched in a long time. Um, came back and, uh, you know, not the best starts going in what he went into the third one start and then he went into or went into the fourth one start and then went into the third, the following start. Not exactly the biggest boost of confidence in the world. And then after his last start, Tony Russa came out and he's like, e, you know, he wasn't feeling too confident. And then they went to Carlos Rodon. He's like, I'm good. I feel great. You know what I mean? It was just like, okay. And then the next day, uh, Tony's like, yeah, he's going to pitch against the Reds. And I was just like, wait, what? <laughs> like what, what happened in the last 24 hours? You know, and no one knows their body better than Carlos Rodon. But you also worry that there's a little bit of pride and a little bit of stubbornness where you need to listen to the people that get paid a lot of money to tell you, sit your dumb ass down and wait. Because like Jordan said, if this is a dead arm, we got to get that worked out before we put you on the bump again. Because I'm telling you right now, if he goes on the hill against the Reds and gets shelled, it's just going to be the apocalypse on White Sox Twitter. Uh, <laughs> the four horsemen and shit. But um so you're worried about Rodon. I think Lucas Giolito, as you mentioned, has been I don't think he's like the elite ace we all hoped he'd be, but he's pretty damn good. Um Lance Lynn, my cousin, he's just he's just the fucking dude. Not worried about him at all. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you don't bring Jordan Laz on your show and not fucking talk about Dylan Cease. So <laughs> let's let's have a fucking conversation about Dylan Cease. So Dylan Cease is by far having his best season to date. This is Dylan Cease that, for all intents and purposes, was a throw-in on the Aloy Quintana trade. So thanks for that one. And all well, of a sudden, I think he's having a great year. And Jordan, you know I agree with you on this one. I ride with you on the Cease train. People get on Cease because, yes, the control can be a little wonky yeah. sometimes. Uh, yes, the pitch count gets up there quickly sometimes with him. But, fuck, man, when he has the stuff, he just misses barrel. What is, I don't – I'll look it up while you're answering the question. But he's got – I think he's still top five in strikeouts, right? He's got to be somewhere around there. I'll look it up. Don't worry about it. But um, what – specifically Jordan has, I know that's a really loaded question for you, especially, but like what specifically like gets you fired up for Dylan Cease? What have you seen? What do you think is the biggest improvement and what gets you fired up when he starts? What are you looking for? 
The biggest improvement is the swing and miss by far. It, it, it was something that was a legitimate concern heading into this season that he had never really accumulated any swing and miss. I mean, this is a dude with a 99-mile-an-hour fastball, and these dudes are teeing it up. And, and on top of that, you know, if you're not locating your breaking pitch as well, they're going to spit on it. You're, you're not going to get any swings and misses on that either because they're going to know it's not a strike, so why am I going to swing at it? It's it's because he's been able to get that swing and miss because of improved control, despite what it seems like. It, it's it's improved control. Mm-hmm. That has been the key to unlocking Dylan Cease's I, I, taking that next step to unlocking his full potential. The next step is now on one two and oh two. Don't turn it into two two three two. Yes. That's where that's where now that's where the pitch count problem is. Instead yes. of him starting two oh three oh. And walking a bunch of guys, now the problem is he gets 0-2 real quick. Now it becomes 1-2, 2-2, foul ball, foul ball, 2-2, 3-2. Now it's like it's a seven-pitch at bat, and the dude looks stupid on five of the seven pitches. So it's like that that being able to trust your stuff and not feel like you need to make the perfect pitch, but just make a competitive one is that next step. And I think that's a mental hurdle at times, just being able to say, I trust my stuff so much. That even when I miss just that bit, they're going to swing and miss it in anyway. What does it really matter? So that's that next mental step I think he needs to take. But what's unlocked him so far is getting more strikes and, as a result, getting more swings and misses. And it's clear improvement. The, a big thing, he's been on the field all season. He's made, I believe, 29 starts at this point. Like, that's a huge step, too, being able to pitch for a full season. Like, all of these things put together – gives you a lot more confidence in Cease playing a bigger role in the postseason this year than it did last year, 100%. So to your point, he is in the 93rd percentile for whiff percentage as we record this right now in Major League Baseball. He is also sixth in Major League Baseball behind Robbie Ray, Zach Wheeler, Garrett Cole, Max Scherzer, and Corbin Burns. Five guys that I don't mind Dylan Cease being right behind in any category in case – and just for shits and giggles, Lucas Giolito's 13, so you guys can calm the fuck down about that. Um, <laughs> but I agree, and so it's funny because right when we start talking about uh, Dylan Cease, we get this comment, walks. And it's like, it's almost <laughs> to the point where, like Aldo said, after Lucas Giolito's start against Boston, no matter what he's done after that, everyone's just like, he sucks, or he can't pitch during the day. And Lucas had a couple Luke or Dylan had a couple Dylan starts yeah. in the beginning of the year where he walked a lot of guys. And it was extremely frustrating, especially when his 12 6 curveball is just dropping off the fucking table. Everything's right. good. And then he walks three guys and gives up a home run in an inning. And you're just like, what the fuck, Dylan? But it's frustrating. But he had a couple of those games early in the year. And then all year now, as soon as he walks one guy, it's there it goes. Here we go again. Here, here we go. Don't see <laughs> sitting. Here it is. And like, and don't get me wrong. Like he still he still has those points where you're like, uh, it, you, you just lose it for an inning. Yeah. And that's part of that mental piece. Like mm-hmm. maybe it's the part of the order he's facing, or maybe he knows something about these guys where it's like, I got to feel like I got to make that perfect pitch. Because there's no rhyme or reason why he just starts to lose it. Like there's absolutely no reason behind why it happens. Right. So like- at I want to butt in there because that was where I want to lead you though. Cause you keep talking about him thinking about making the perfect pitch. And this is my biggest concern when it comes to Dylan C's. Mm-hmm. It seems like a lot's going on between the ears. 
Yep. And so when he gets to the playoffs to all those points and he gets in a high leverage situation, does that kind of concern you at all? I, I'm going to get you to say something concerns you about Dylan Cease. Does that <laughs> I will say, yeah. So there, there is the factor of, and that's why throughout the season, some of his harder, what I felt have been his harder starts have been against teams who take a lot of pitches. The Oakland A's was a really tough start. They're not going to swing and miss a lot. They're going to take their walks. Mm-hmm. You saw them just trash Keuchel in the playoffs last year. That's the type of team they are. So uh, Houston is a similar vein. They have some swing and miss. And I, I think there's a little element to the big stage that I'm worried about and why I wish that he had been in a spot last year to get a good start or a, a good solid start in. Like I, I get them not going to him game three. I totally understand that last year. Um, so if there is a concern, it's it's that lack of playoff experience that maybe doesn't lead to that playoff mentality just yet. And I think that's that's what you lean on guys who've been there for. That's what you lean on Giolito and Lynn for. Like Lynn, I, I, I think we've read that he's been good for telling he's like, dude, just pitch. Like get out of your head, just pitch. And sometimes you need that. Sometimes that's better than anything a pitching coach can do. But that is my concern, is just we haven't seen Dylan Cease really fight through those. We've seen high leverage, but not like that. So it's like, how, how do you prepare for that? By getting thrown in the fire. There's really no other way. I yeah. mean, you can't really like simulate, you know, standing <clears throat> on the mound in game three in Houston. Like it's just, it, right. there's nothing you can really do until he just does it. And you got to have confidence that a guy now in his third year who as front of the show, Mr. Beef Love pointed out, he's made all 30 starts this year. He's not missed a start yet. He's taking the ball every five days or whatever, and mm-hmm. he's done his job this year without a doubt. And the future's bright for this kid. I love the fact that he's throwing the curveball just a little bit more this year. Yeah. I've always loved his curveball. I, I, mm-hmm. It's one of my things in baseball. People always have that thing like the crack of the bat or the sound of the catcher. Mm-hmm. I love it when a dude just whiffs horribly at a good curveball. Yeah. It's fucking beautiful. Anyways, that's the starting pitching. I mean, I think it's just a foregone conclusion that Dallas Keiko only sees the mound in cleanup duty or possibly a long relief. Like right now, I, I don't trust him for more than three innings. I mean, One time through the order. Okay. That's where you're at yeah. with him. Okay. That, and I think that's fair. And I, he has not shown us one thing since in the last two months to make me think otherwise. Right. That first time through the order, he's, if you look at his splits, first, second, third inning, not bad. Well, third inning gets a little dicey, but Low, yeah, so, yeah, but, yeah. But, <laughs> Roll, rolls back to the top a little. Yeah, <laughs> once you get back to the top, it's like, yeah, better not but, give up any hits. <laughs> yeah, I mean, as a guy that's been there, you know, he's got a ring, he's got the bling, you know, whatever the team did that he was on that year, what didn't affect his pitching, but um, yeah, I mean, I think you, he gets a roster spot, right? It's either if you if you, if you really look at it, yeah. It, whether you if you do twelve and fourteen in, right. in terms of twelve pitchers, fourteen hitters, mm-hmm. you, the battle is Keuchel or Ruiz, and pick your poison. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck. Uh, can I just choose no? Yeah, see, here's the thing say. for me. Be, like at that point, it's like if you're gonna see either of those guys, it's either Sox should be up by a lot, or Sox should be, or they're gonna be out of the game. So, yep. so like what does it matter point, at that point? Who yeah, at that point, it's probably not going to matter either way that much. Yep. 
No, for sure. And uh, Speaking sure. of roster spots, though, I mean, I don't think this is a concern just because, I mean, the lineup overall is Shaq, but I've been seeing this conversation pop up lately. I don't know how you guys feel about it. Well, maybe I know how you feel, Zoe. So, like, the whole Cesar Hernandez versus, uh, I've been seeing a lot of uh, start Laurie Garcia at second for the playoffs. Is Jordan, that a thing you're on, Jordan, or no? I like, hold on real quick. <laughs> <laughs> so there was a time when the White Sox had a second baseman. I was a big fan of. They traded him for Craig Kimball, and I, for the ten millionth time, will tell you at the time of the trade, I make that trade. As I've said it on the show a million times, I'll say it a million more. I root for the White Sox first and foremost. I think that trade made the White Sox better at that time. Was he one of my favorite players? Yes. Do I root for the White Sox first? just said that but um <laughs> for some weird reason anytime caesar hernandez did anything i would get tweeted about it mercilessly <laughs> like oh did you see that play magical can never make that play oh did you see this Blah, magical can never do that and i'm like well he could and whatever you know i was just like okay and then all of a sudden caesar is uh not good at the Caesar leave, lived off that home run against the Cubs for the entire month of August. Right. He did the reverse uh, wisdom, where yeah. they both just lived off that Cubs Sox theory. And no, I know what trolling is, Alex. But there's a difference. <laughs> like trolling's supposed to be like somewhat funny. Like they got to the point where it's just it was like, all right, this isn't funny anymore. This is weird. And now Caesar's bad, and I don't know if like people's like Twitter. Like got deactivated or it broke or like they like muted me or something. I don't. I just don't get added anymore. Which I don't know if I should take offense to it or anything. But Caesar's having a little bit of a rough time. Back to the initial point that I root for the White Sox first. <laughs> I want Caesar to get fucking hot, man, and yeah. I want him to turn back into the Gold Glove switch hitting solid second baseman that the White Sox thought they were getting with him. And yeah. some of the errors in the field lately, though, it's just like, mm, like, uh, I think Herb Lawrence tweeted out, like, how did this dude win a gold glove? Like, it was, <laughs> it got Now, I do cool. have to ask, was it, has he been, like, bad for, like, a couple weeks, or was it just that bad inning against the Tigers? He He's had, like, just straight up brain farts. And it'll yeah, be like, okay. what the? And, and then two innings later, I make this great play. It's like, what, what happened yeah, that, in, like, what was that type thing? So for me, it's those two innings that he does those great plays that he shows me. He Sounds like make, David Bode. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll just wrap up by saying I want Caesar at second base. I think he is easily a way better second baseman than Larry Garcia. Larry Garcia is better at the plate right now. But I think Cesar Hernandez saves runs for the White Sox. Yeah. And that's why I want him in the starting lineup in the playoffs at second base. So, sorry, Jordan. Go ahead. No, I agree. I think it's hard. It's because what do you want? Do you want the bat or do you want the glove? Um, <laughs> He's not wrong. Real quick, your wrong. comment section is hilarious. I'm like looking over. I'm like, this is, I'm trying not to laugh. Yeah, you this get, you incredible. get used to it, but sometimes you'll tell. So now you, this is one of the secrets of the show. When I just completely space out, it's one, because I'm probably high, but two, because <laughs> the comment section makes me laugh and I try not to laugh 
whatever. But yeah. no, the comments are hilarious. I, I'm really enjoying this. Hi, Carrie, yes. by the way. Yes. But um, when it it's like, do you prioritize the bat or the glove? I think when you have a full healthy six, you have a better chance of being okay with prioritizing the glove. And I get Leary has been a head and shoulders above him in terms of offense recently. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's the, the Leary doubter in me that's like, how long until uh, <laughs> the, the Cinderella turn Cinderella's uh, whatever thing. Oh, turns man, back he's going to have a big at-bat, isn't he, against the Heat? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> to see some uh, – I'm going to get crap for that. I've gotten a lot of crap, deservedly <laughs> so, for him right. performing. But the, the, it comes down to batter glove. I'm still picking glove right now because I still think – Hernandez can give you good at bats when he's playing well, even if they're not hits every time. I, I think he does give good at bats. Yeah. So right now on the White Sox, since he came to the White Sox, Caesar's playing 45 games, uh, struck out 40 times. He's slashing 222, 303, 287, good with Lord. an OPS of 591. Uh, and that big power hitting second baseman that we finally yeah. got has three home runs. <laughs> Um, I mean, to be fair, that's was one more than magical. <laughs> true, in a whole season. <laughs> but after he hit 21 homers, or no, that's not that's two years in Cleveland. Sorry, mm-hmm. I, I can read good. Um, <laughs> but yeah, man, I'm with you, dude. I I think the lineup is power packed enough where you can have one guy that's in there purely for his defense. Yeah. That makes sense. And he's a switch hitter too, which he brings that to the table. He's probably going to bat eighth. Not really a big deal. Bat ninth. Sorry, this isn't MLB the show. Fuck, I'm <laughs> all over the place tonight. Uh, he's going to bat ninth. As long as he can set the table to flip it to the top of the order. The White Sox have bigger fish to fry when it comes to struggling players, which is the next guy I want to talk about because I'm really getting fucking nervous. You guys remember Eloy Menez? Remember when he used to like <laughs> Hit the ball. Yeah, yeah, the real throw-in in the uh, Jose Quintana The real throw-in, yeah. <laughs> <The> real throw-in. <laughs> What's yeah. he been up to lately? Yeah, I just want to say, for right a on. quick second here, I, I did make a wager on the uh, Tuesday game. It was, uh, I bet on the over, because, you know, Dallas Keuchel's starting. Um, Guys the Tigers night. was, uh, I saw his, you know, like, struggle in a few starts. Mm-hmm. Or, no, actually, he wasn't. I don't know. I just, I mainly bet the over because of Dallas Keuchel. The Sox and the Tigers combined for, like, almost 20 hits, I think. Um, the, the, the hitting with runners in scoring position that game and Eloy was, uh, the guy early on, I think he had the bases loaded and gardens to play. I was like, come on, Eloy. And then I looked at Eloy's numbers, um, after his, you know, coming back from the injury and I was like, oh, Eloy is not doing that hot. He's like OPS in the mid seven hundreds. Like, mm-hmm. oh, what happened? It, yeah, it's bad, dude. He's swinging at everything. I, yeah. I mean, I, I go back to that double play. And I, it was probably either the first or second game of that Detroit series where they had just walked two straight batters, I think. Bases loaded, one out, absolutely no control. Swing at the first pitch grounds into a double play. Like, mm-hmm. the reason you're struggling is because you're having bad at-bats. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what it comes down to. And for everyone, and, and this is kind of my, this is a total tangent, but I'm going to go with it anyway. Hey, we're missing Fids, so go, dude. <laughs> <laughs> this is a total tangent. When Grandal was struggling early in the year, and this is where I, I talk, I talk about like the value of certain players, the value you bring, especially when you're struggling. When Grandal was struggling to get hits, he was finding ways to walk and get on base. Like that's still a productive at bat. 
Like when Eloy's struggling, when a lot of guys in this lineup are struggling, Anderson's another one. When certain guys in this lineup struggle, it, it's painful to watch their at bats sometimes. Like that's that's part of the reason why you know all that. Oh, he gets on base, and I know so many people hate me for that. I I really <laughs> understand that. I I don't apologize for it at all. But the, the deeper point is, you know, being able to find ways to have good at bats when you're struggling, and that's the piece that Eloy's missing right now. Is that 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 you know I'm still having good at bats. Maybe I'm swinging out of the, my shoes a little bit. But I'm at least taking pitches, working count, trying to figure out what this guy, how this guy's attacking me, versus mm-hmm. just swinging to the first pitch, hoping it's a strike, and hoping I barrel it somewhere. I, I think that's the issue right now for him. Dude went up to the plate versus Detroit with a fucking broken bat. <laughs> yeah, that might be a problem. All, I don't too. know. Also, did you even see that? Wait, what? He went up to the plate. He hit like a blue whatever pop out, and then White Steve Stone's like, "Hold on, rewind the tape, zoom in on his bat. His bat was cracked." This bat was cracked, dude. And we're seeing a lot of people in the comments, and it's hilarious, but it's funny how Aloy's a defensive first left fielder now. (laughs) He's made some really cool plays, a little peace sign play and everything, but – I mean, in September I mean, 15th. The question is, you guys want Eloy Jimenez or Lori Garcia? You want the glove or the bat? <laughs> he's, the, he's the defensive guy. Uh, in September, 15 games played, no home runs, uh, 18 strikeouts in 15 games with a slash of 193, 270, 246 with an OPS of 515. Yeah, you're just swinging at everything. Yeah, and he really is. I mean, you literally can – Anyone that even just like casually watches Sox game just watches watches at bats. It's it, it doesn't feel very dialed in at all. Yeah. Um, I don't know how they fix that in the next ten games, but that's got to be priority A one because this offense does have a lot, a lot of talent. But for some reason, in my opinion, when Eloy's rolling like he did in August, this whole lineup feels different. Right. And, uh, I know Josh Nelson and the good guys at Sox Machine talked about this too, but he really is a catalyst for this offense. And for sure, I just that's the biggest one that stands out to me. And then on the flip side of things, though, and I mentioned it earlier, Luis Roberts just unreal right now, dude. Like, and I'm sure you it's one of the things you would bring up. One of the things that everybody that watches the Sox brings up, he doesn't swing at low and away sliders. Mm-hmm. And if he does, he tries to go to the other field. Never did that last year. I don't know who finally got in his skull. If they had him the heart to heart with the Domino's pizza guy, and they're like, yo, bro, we'll give you 20 extra bucks <laughs> if you tell this guy not to swing at low and away sliders. Uh, maybe he saw it on TikTok. I don't give a fuck how he learned how to do it. He stopped swinging at low and away sliders. And I don't know. Is there anything else, though, about his game that, you know, gets you excited right now, Jordan? It's. It's the professionalism of that bat. You know, he's never going to be a high walk guy either. And I, I think he's going to be prone to the same slumps that any of these guys are. Mm-hmm. The, the the difference is right now, and I don't remember who tweeted out. I think Foolish Baseball was maybe the account or, or someone where you just saw the rolling average of his strikeout percentage over the course of the last 50 games. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's dropping drastically. Like you're talking about a guy struck out at a 32% clip in 2020 he's striking out 20 percent of the time this year like that that's that's what makes me excited is that he he, you know there's going to be issues and there's going to be slumps because he doesn't walk either 
He's walking about half as much as he did last year, and he didn't walk at all last year. So it's just like if you're hitting the ball hard and you're not striking out, like that's a recipe for success. If you're hitting the ball hard and you're still going to strike out a third of the time, you're going to be far more prone to slumps. And I think you're talking about laying off pitches, like understanding how guys are pitching him a bit better is huge. Now I'm sure the league readjusts and he goes through those slumps again. That's going to happen. But what I'm seeing is a guy who has a better grasp of what's happening to him and is going to be quicker to adjust to what the league readjusts to him. Yeah, I'm following you, which is rare, but yeah, I'm following you. Uh, (laughs) And I, yeah, I think it shows a lot of maturity in a very young talent. Like people forget how young he is. I know mm-hmm. it just, it feels like the legend of Luis Robert La Pantera has been around for like a decade now. It really hasn't, you know, I mean, how yeah. many career games he's got, fuck, he's got 444 career at bats. Like, it's like, come on, you know what I mean? It's not even a about, season's worth yeah, it. It's, like no, a full season, yeah. it's unbelievable. And the defense is there for him. The everything's, I don't know. I he makes me very excited as a White Sox fan, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just we've never really had a talent like that on the White Sox from yep. the beginning. You know, we've acquired talent, we've done stuff, like, but like, this is like the White Sox, like, true and true. They found them, they got them here. Um, yeah, so that that makes me pretty excited about this. But the other thing I want to bring up. Cause I, I saw this conversation and I, at first I scoffed at it. Like, pfft, like that's dumb. That's usually my reaction to a lot of things on Twitter, <laughs> but Houston and it's not a foregoing. It's not a set in stone that the White Sox are playing Houston in the first round. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I mean, would you, I, I, yeah. would you rather see Houston or Tampa Bay? I I want nothing to do with Tampa Bay. Truly. Okay, good. I, All right. I want no. I don't even want. And I'm like, please, can Boston find a way to beat them? Or yes, like, I'm just like, please, figure something out. Yeah. Um. Nothing to do with Tampa Bay. Yeah. I want, and if I someone was arguing that Tampa Bay provides better matchups, I don't know what White Sox Tampa Bay games they were watching this year, but <laughs> there's. Those are those are a grind, and I mean Houston. Yeah. yeah, they beat the doors off of us quite a few times, and I get that. that that's different lineups. That's a different team. The, the The Rays have been. It's a very similar team to the team they had last year, mm-hmm. except some dude at shortstop named Wander Franco. Where yeah, like he's decent. He's decent. Um, <laughs> they they might have upgraded there and called it a day, but I don't know. That's just it, it, it's too similar of a team. Mm-hmm. And you you've seen how they operate in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I I don't want to deal with that. All right, so here comment section. <laughs> Since you guys are very vocal right now about why you want to convince me why we want Tampa Bay. Well, first our guy Alex Houston's lineup has eight guys with an OPS over eight hundred. Eight. Like that, that, that's <laughs> that's pretty sick though. It's kind of good. Yeah, that's kind of that good. good. <laughs> um, damn. I didn't realize Houston it was like that right now, but I just I, the Rays fuck me up, man. They really I think, do. It's I just, think you have a better chance of winning a slugfest against Houston than you do a tight matchup with Tampa Bay. 
I think those are going to be games where every, like, granted, every decision matters in the playoffs. Right. Those decisions, it's going to come down to the smallest things. And when, and it's going to sound weird, but you've got a, I know people are going to get mad at this. I'm going to say it anyway. You've got an older school mentality in La Russa, and you have a newer school mentality in Kevin Cash with Tampa Bay. I don't know how that matches up compared to Dusty Baker versus Tony La Russa. Those are going to be fairly similar mindsets because they spent most time coaching in the same era. Like, like I, I, for me, I, I have a hard time dealing with two different mentalities in terms of how they approach the game. They approach the game differently. Whether you agree with one or the other, like you can agree or they, they approach the game differently. Cash and Larusa. Yes. I'm not sure how confident I feel in that compared to get two guys who are going to approach the game similarly. You know what? After that, I don't care if it's the ALDS or the ALCS. I want to see White Sox raise just for the uh, Twitter implosion. It's going to happen with uh, any move that Larusa does, any move that uh, Cash does. It's going to be. It's going to be wild. Yeah. <laughs> I just, yeah, I don't. There's something about the Rays. Maybe it's the fucking garbage dump that they call a stadium. Maybe it's. I don't want to play next. I don't want to play there. <laughs> I feel like Houston Stadium fits the white side. Like, there's. Like, Luis Robert can muscle a ball out in Houston. Aloy can muscle a ball out in Houston. Quick pokes, three fifteen yeah. to left field. Like that's not going to take much. Um. Yeah, fuck, dude. I'm trying to think though. I don't think I'm as as sold as I was that I just want Houston. I don't know why Tampa Bay. Maybe it's just the imprint of last year is still on my brain, and like they, you know, the whole super cheesy cliche like team of destiny type bullshit. Like Tampa Bay rode that shit last year, yeah. and I don't know if they're going to catch lightning in the bottle twice in a row. Uh, I think they have a little bit more holes in the lineup than Houston does because eight, but uh, <laughs> that was actually a really good point though. By Alex. It is a good point. He like, usually Alex doesn't fuck around. He comes with the good shit in the, the comments. So that's tough, man. That's something I really want to think about. Uh, you know, br- bringing up Tampa Bay and like their stadium down there again, yeah. that, that just like, in terms of like the viewing experience, that just seems like one of those, like, it's so bad, dude. I, I, guess, so I, I brought it up last week. It's just like, Oh, it's just gloomy. It's like, Oh fuck. So- socks are down five, one in the fourth. Like you just like see it. Yeah. We're like, in Houston, yellow, it's like, dude, it's fucking tinted yellow. Yeah. It's like a fluorescent <laughs> waiting room in the doctor's office lighting. It's fucking terrible. But for, for whatever reason, when like, I view like, Oh, like socks are down in Houston. I could see like, Oh, they like, they loaded the bases and they have a rally going, but I can't, I can't envision that in Tampa Bay. No, it's like, uh, yeah. What did Iowa football used to paint the visitors' locker room pink? Pink. To try to like <laughs> get in their heads, emasculate yeah. them. Yeah. I think Tampa uses like orange fluorescent lighting to like just suck the wind out. Put 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 you to sleep, just like. And for the record, out of all MLB stadiums, I've definitely gotten kicked out of Tampa Bay the most. Like, I went to college down there, and yeah, that. <laughs> when I was in school, though, they were fucking garbage, which was around two thousand five. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know. Jordan, I think you were born, and <laughs> eight years old at that point. Well, while eight-year-old Jordan was doing his thing, twenty-one-year-old Zoe was going to raise games for. If you filled up your tank of gas, you got like four tickets to the raise game. I'm not even kidding. I'm, I'm not like that's not a joke. That's one hundred percent. And then they would have two nights a week, not just one, two nights a week were college nights, 
and you show up with your college ID. It was five bucks to get into the stadium and then dollar beers. Jeez. Come on, dude. You're just having a You're a begging fuck, people to you're go to begging. <laughs> when you for anyone that's ever lived or gone to school or anything in Florida, it's ninety percent people from Boston and New York. So I've never gotten kicked out of that stadium while the White Sox were playing. I've always gotten kicked out when either New York or Boston was playing the race. One was we do we laid into this Boston bullpen. Oh my goodness gracious. I'm surprised I didn't <laughs> that was a bad night. That was that was not one of my more proud moments. But that stadium's a dump. Uh it's not even in Tampa, it's in St. Petersburg. They should be the St. Petersburg Rays, you jerk offs. So supposedly they've made the area around there a lot better because it used to be scary. Like it was like definitely like a put your wallet in your sock type area for a little bit there. Like they used to film cops three blocks away from where oh, the stadium geez. was. I'm not even kidding. Were you ever on an episode though? Not that you can prove. Um, Before we get off the raise, I was looking this up earlier. A little trivia here. The last time White Sox won the division, 2008, they faced the Rays in the ALDS. The Sox lost the series 3-1. Do you guys oh. remember who the winning pitcher was for the White Sox in, their only, in the only game they won? I'm not even going to cheat and look it up. I'm not We're at 2008. 2008, the, their ALDS series. The only win the Sox got. I drank no answers in the chat. I drank a lot back then. Um, Man, who was even on it? <laughs> uh, that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to do a roster. Here, I'll give you guys. Here, I'll, uh, is it John Garland? No, I don't even think he was on the team. I don't know. I'm I was going to say, I think he was gone. Johnny Girth. It was Gavin a lefty. Floyd. It was hey, I'll get, it was a lefty, but it wasn't Mark Burley. And it wasn't Gavin Floyd. Nope. I got drunk with John Danks before. I drank a thirty rack with John Danks. Well, interesting enough, it was John Danks. I was going to uh, say that's got to uh, be the only other lefty in that <laughs> rotation. So, quick John Danks story: White Sox Fest, two thousand something. I was sitting in the lobby, and I got there late, and it was like one in the morning. And Danks walks in with his smoke show. I think it's his wife. And I'm sitting there like the complete hillbilly. I got like clothes in a garbage bag and a 30 rack of bush light. And uh, yeah, I've been drinking bush light for that long. And uh, <laughs> he sat down in the chair across from me in the lobby. And I was just like, holy shit, dude, you're John Danks. And he's like, yeah, man. Like he has like a Matthew McConaughey, like real cool. He had like a, a lip the size of Iowa in his fucking bottom lip. And he's just like, yeah, man. I was like, you want a beer, dude? He's like, hell yeah, sure, why not? And we ended up just sitting there chilling for like two, three hours, dude. And hence, why I rate how I like players, if I can sit there and drink a 30 rack with them, that should actually be now known, and it is now, Jordan, you're here for a very monumental occasion. It is now known as the John Danks, the Zoe John Danks scale of player likeness. <laughs> it's official now. Okay. So if you John Danks oh. is like the principle of if I like you as a person or not as a professional <laughs> baseball player. That's phenomenal. Um wow, by the way, man. game one winner, James Shields. I was gonna say I, I had a James, Shields baby. was in that series. Became James, baby. Fucking Ted Ted, where's Ted? He's playing in the playoffs. I saw someone made a, a horrible self-made meme of Tatis and Machado like yelling at each yeah. other. They're like just whatever in the Padres dugout. Oh, it's like, it, we could have yeah. been in the playoffs playing for the Sox. <laughs> it was, dude, it was hilarious. But uh yeah, I don't know. I'm gonna have to think about it. I am very much I think more than ever looking forward to the AL wildcard game. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we have a question here. I think the Blue Jays can beat the Rays. 
in the wild card. I want nothing to do with the Blue Jays. Nothing. I feel like if the Blue Jays can, if the Blue Jays can make their way into the dance, they can be one of those teams that. Or it wouldn't be the wild card game, but yeah. But they could be one of those teams that can really fuck someone up with that lineup. And now my thing with the Blue Jays is I don't think they have the horses to win a series. Yeah, that's especially if they have to burn one of them to mm-hmm. get past the wild card because you're going to have to go against likely Chris Sale in that game. Right. Yeah. So like you're gonna have you you got to burn your biggest horse there. So it's like. Do I feel like they can handle the Rays down a guy until at least game three? I I don't know. No, I I mean I they might slug their way to it. Houston side comment. Houston and uh Toronto would be a fun series because that would be just you would be seeing balls flying out of the ballpark everywhere. Mm-hmm. That would be a fun series. Nope. Um but I don't know if I trust them to be able to get past Boston, number one, and Chris Sale. Mm-hmm. And two, it, if you play the matchups right and get your guys to swing out of the zone, you're going to be fine. I mean, I, I'm literally having to look this up right now. Uh, who I know they got Ryu, but he's having a bet. I mean, he's got a 4-3-4 ERA. And I know Robbie Ray could very well win the AL Cy Young, but yeah. I'm struggling to think of other starting pitchers in Toronto. Manoa's Manoa when he's oh that's the kid that's the kid yeah, when yeah, he's yeah. on he's on but it's like if you got to burn Ray game one or excuse me for the wild card so you're you're going out Ryu Manoa you could easily be down two zero before you get to Ray which I think is the problem for the Blue Jays. Oh, and they did get uh see Alex that's why I love you, bud. I owe you. I'm oh, Barrios. Well, Barrios is he's he's struggling. Yeah. Brios doesn't scare me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But either way, no matter how the cookie falls in the air, you're either seeing Chris Sale, Garrett Cole, Chris Sale, Robbie Ray, Garrett Cole, Robbie Ray. You know what I mean? Like, that's going to be a fucking awesome game, dude. Yeah. That is appointment television right there. Oh, yeah. If you're any kind of baseball fan, like, you don't miss that game. Like, I will be front and center. The kid is probably going to be screaming at me, but because I'm not watching fucking cars, but I'm going to put that game. We're watching that game. I'm putting my foot down on that one. But uh, I mean, the way that's lining up right now in the AL or in the NL, it's a Dodger St. Louis. Where the fuck did the Cardinals come from? Cardinals just, they've been every team that's been right there. They've just beaten them. The Mets went like on a run after the Mets went down like eight in the division. They like crawled their way back to like within four, I think. And then they went to St. Louis got, or they played the St. Louis Cardinals. They got swept, I think, or lost the series. And then the uh, Cardinals being like the Reds, the, I mean, they're beating the Brewers probably again tonight. Um, The Padres, they've just been, they've taken care of business. Like fucking hate the Cardinals, but that's off. They, when you're they, taking care of business. Now. I mean, it, but <laughs> I mean, I'm going to say like, it should be a cakewalk for the Dodgers, but again, it's a one game series or it's, it's one game. Anything yep. could fucking happen. Who knows? What I'm trying to say about all the people freaking out about the White Sox. See what I'm doing here? This is how you bring shit full circle, Jordan. That's a little tip, but there's no, <laughs> yeah, like, need to no, that's the thing. Like, the White it's Sox, a great point though. The White Sox do not have to worry about, you know, the White I remember back to the 2018 Cubs, like the last like really good Cubs team, 95 wins, like just mm-hmm. amazing. And that was with without even having you Darvish. It was bad for his eight starts and he got injured. But 95 wins, they lost the tiebreaker to the Brewers, and then they had to play that wildcard game. And what happened? They just couldn't fucking score. And that was it. Season done. 95 wins are gone. Didn't matter because it was nope. that one game where they just could not hit. 
And and yeah, like sucks. You guys, hey, you're in. You're straight in. ALDS, dude. You don't have to worry about fuck Chris Sale. Oh right. God, season's over. No, yeah. you're, you guys are. You guys Speaking are good. of Chris Sale, he literally struck Javi Baez out tonight with a slider that hit him in the back foot. <laughs> Like a have literal your, your, back foot slider. It hit it. Like don't he got shock up, me too much. He got up limping. They're going to be – I don't even think this is – I just don't – that's the thing. Because Carlos Rodon is such a good story. And, like, what he's done this year and, like, the no-hitter. Mm-hmm. But, like, again, the, the, just the injury concern with him, just that concerns me. And I I, I get why the Sox are probably going to be like, like, thanks, Carlos, but, you know, go get paid by somebody else. I think so, there's gonna be the two biggest mistakes are gonna be like Carlos Rodon. Someone's gonna give Javier Baez a lot of money, and I don't. I don't think either are gonna be. Uh, that's are actually, going to live up to that. It's actually a good question about Rodon. You know, all year we've kind of said, "Oh yeah, he'll just take the qualifying offer and we'll send him on his merry way." Do you give him the qualifying offer at this mm-hmm. point? He's said in multiple interviews now that he is going to give the White Sox absolutely every opportunity possible to keep him in Chicago. He he's done the whole. He's taken the right route, in my opinion, about it. Just the White Sox drafted me. The White Sox stuck with me through some really hard times. Mm-hmm. Uh, they DFA'd me, but they they you know they gave me this chance to even be on this platform again because apparently he wasn't. <laughs> the phone wasn't blowing up with offers from yeah. a guy whose arm is literally stitched back onto his body. Um, so he he said multiple, multiple, multiple times that. He's going to do whatever he can uh, to stay with the White Sox. But I don't know. I think a lot of it depends on how what their last game of the season is this year. You know what I mean? Like if it's yeah. game four in Houston, then they might just be like, eh, we got to we're, – we're there, but we're not there there. Right. So I don't know. I, I, I think – I'm not convinced that a team gives him more than $18 million a year right now. And that's where it's like he might take it, which is fine. I would be okay with that heading into next year. But it's like, well, now you gotta you gotta find a way to dump the Keiko salary. Otherwise, Carlos Rodon's your big free agent signing this year because that payroll's getting up there, and Jerry's starting to feel the uh, wallet tighten a little bit. So Just like, fire Keiko into the sun. It's like, yeah, I, whichever team is willing to take him, attach a nice prospect, and. Uh, Throw him and yeah, uh, pick a name to Arizona and just bury him. Yeah, just, just have the fun. Fuck out of here. I'm done with that guy. I really yeah. oh, wow. So. I am just not. Yeah, hashtag I done. mean, if you're just, giving Rodon the 18 million, you got to get Keuchel's 18 million off if you want to sign any free agents. Yeah. Like that just that's just how it's going to be next year, which is I unfortunate. Just, yeah, he just rubs me the wrong way, and I don't like when he like pitches like shit and he comes out and he's like the defensive alignment. What the fuck? Shut up, dude. You fucked up. Just own it. Um, so we're coming up on the hour here, Jordan. And again, we really appreciate you jumping on the show and dealing with our general tomfoolery and. Oh, I love it. But before I let you go, the big discussion this week so far on white Sox Twitter is, um, what does, what has to happen in the next couple of weeks for you to not consider this season a disappointment. You got to win. I, for me, I would like to see this team win the ALDS. I think after that first round, it gets harder and harder to say, you need to win this for it to be considered a success. Getting to the playoffs in the first case, I know expectations have to be higher, 
But understand from a front office standpoint, trading for Kimbrell, signing or trading for Cesar Hernandez, like everything they did, no matter if it's worked out or not, you, you, you can't look back and say they haven't done everything they can right now from a front office perspective, given salary budgeting, given for, um, your moves at the trade deadline. You've done everything you possibly can to get this team in the best position for October. Mm-hmm. From there, I mean, you see, how, you have seen how easily it is, easy it is for just anything to go wrong and change the entire series. If you can get through the ALDS, you proved you belong here. You feel better going into next season, and you try and hope hope that a uh, lucky rabbit's foot finds your back pocket next year. Like that—that's what it comes down to in the playoffs. If I. I have a hard time getting upset as long as you look competitive because all it's going to take is a ball bouncing the wrong way. Or if we're in Tampa Bay, the ball bouncing off the roof the wrong way for uh, the entire oh, God, series to change. That's going to happen. What a yeah. dump. Tell me oh. again you want to play in Tampa Bay when all it takes is a fly ball to change the entire series. But, Weird right. hop gets past Eloy and then just uh... – So, for me, they got to make it to the World Series. Interesting. So I think that's a fair one, though, too. I agree. So right now, winning the—I think we all agree—winning the division is a participation trophy right now. Like it's the White in Sox this are division, in, yes. Yeah, the White Sox are in a horrible division. We've been sold on this rebuild for so many years. So I don't think it's really. I get where people are like, oh, it's a big deal going to playoffs back to back for the first time in whatever years and all these other statistics, but first time. Take it. Take a deep look at this division. I mean, you literally minimum effort to win this division. And the fact that they haven't clinched this division by now doesn't exactly leave the best taste in my mouth either. Like, they should have San Francisco Giants. This division. San Francisco Giants clinched arguably the best division in baseball. Nope. They just clinched the playoff spot. Oh, they, oh, I thought they yeah. clinched the division. It was a playoff spot? Yeah. Well, they, yeah, they're only one game up on L.A. right now. Yeah, because the, uh, yeah, 100, 100 lost right. or 100 win team is going to be the wild card game. Yep, that <laughs> sucks. Don't smoke dope, kids. Um, <laughs> so, anyways, I feel like they should have won this division a week or two ago. This division's so bad. You know what I mean? Like, it's a it's in my head right now, this is a participation trophy. Um, I don't want to say they're going to roll in the playoffs. I mean, that'd be just for me even stupid to say because I've said it a couple times this show that like, you never know what's going to happen once you get to the playoffs. Um, but yeah, the we've been sold this bag of goods for so long and we've wrote out some horrible teams. Like, it, I don't even think it's funny when people are like, oh, look at the White Sox lineup six years ago on this day. Huh. It's like, no, it's not funny. Like, I, I sat at home, like, fucking pissed watching this game. Like, it's not funny. You don't have to go that long. You guys had, who was his name, A.J. Reed and batting right. fourth in 2019. Yeah, we had A.J. Reed batting fourth like, just two years ago. But I don't Poor know. Poor A.J. Reed. I don't know why that's the guy I singled out. Yeah, all Shout of out them. A.J. Reed. Oh, he was know. really, really bad. I'm pretty sure he definitely works at Enterprise now. Uh, <laughs> ALC, making it to the ALCS is good. It's good. It's good. Winning the division's good. Everything's good. It's it's an achievement. But I just feel like the way this team is constructed, and just I don't know. I I feel like they need to be AL. They need to win the AL pennant for me to be like that was a that's 
if they lose in the World Series, I can stomach that, but that's where that is. And it came up in the chat right now, and I got to bring it up because I think it's smart. And usually if I think things are smart, that's a huge red flag. But I think it's smart. <laughs> good, good friend of the show, Alex Rue, brought this up. And I want to hear what you two think about this because I feel like you two will have thoughts. I've always got thoughts. The, the Dodgers <laughs> wanted Craig Kimbrell mm-hmm. because yep. they obviously need bullpen help. It's a, a big spot for them with uh, some of their guys on the decline out there and everything. They were in the in the running. Cody Bellinger is having a really shitty season for Cody Bellinger. White Sox need a right fielder. Is that a move that interests you? Kimbrough for Bellinger? And obviously there'd be other moving pieces in this set deal, but the, do it. The, yeah, I, I pack Kimbrough's bags. Yeah, the thought process being you'd be getting rid of Kimbrough and his money, you'd mm-hmm. be buying low on Bellinger, you would be filling a need for both teams. Um, it's not like the Dodgers don't have depth. Oh, no, yeah. we have to put Mookie Betts in right field. Fuck off. But, <laughs> uh, oh, my God. But do you see what I'm saying? Like, yeah, Alex, no, Alex said that, and I was just like, yo, yeah, that's not a bad idea at all. I was thinking about Kimbrell specifically about his money because, like, obviously he has the option um, – and I was just thinking, like, it, it obviously it makes sense for this year. You're going for it. You make that trade anytime you can get, like, a guy because you think you have the team to win in 2021. So it makes money. It doesn't matter the money for this year. But in terms of next year, I have a, a hard time, especially when you have Lewis and it's like the, the roles in the bullpen are set. You know, Hendricks mm-hmm. is the closer. There's no, like, that's not changing. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a hard time of, like, you know, do you do you want to have, what is it, like 16 million or 15 million dedicated for a setup, man? Okay, yep. That doesn't seem that doesn't make much sense for you know projecting out the payroll and especially you know team like the White Sox who like they're not going to have the two hundred million dollar payroll so you know you have to cut the corners any way you can so you know I would one hundred percent do that. I just thought that was a fucking wild idea. That's crazy enough that it might work. It it's I I would be interested to see how they would do that because uh not Kimbrel Bellinger has two years left on his deal. They're both arbitration years. Mm-hmm. He's making sixteen mil this year. So, I mean, it, it's going to be at least six. I don't think it usually goes down. I don't know the arbitration rules that well. I mm-hmm. doubt you have to at least make what you made this year and probably more. So you're going to take out a mini amount of salary. So you're going to like basically, in the aggregate, pay a couple extra million for Cody Bellinger. I would 100% do that. I'd pack Kimbrough's bags because the reality is mm-hmm. in, 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 what Rick Hahn did in trading for Kimbrough for this season makes absolute sense. Mm-hmm. And he's probably going to end up having to do something similar next year. But mm-hmm. what you need for him, right? What do you need him for in April through July? It's like, again, it comes down to allocation of resources. Would I rather have Bellinger in this example? Mm-hmm. Or would I rather have Kimbrough? Well, it's like, I don't need, I have Hendricks for this exact e- example. Craig Kimbrell um, and Brian Goodwin for Brian, Cody Bellinger. Who says no? Brian Good- not the Dodgers. Brian Goodwin <laughs> goes to LA and becomes old Cody Bellinger. Chase That's Thompson. what happens in that scenario. <laughs> That's what happens in that scenario. Are you talking about current power hitter for the show? Legends? Trace Thompson. Thompson. Yeah. Yes. I mean, you guys want a right fielder, right? Send Kimbrell back to the Cubs for Trace Thompson, your power hitting right fielder. There you go. Jesus. I, I was, I, fuck. 
I wouldn't. <laughs> I wouldn't hate keeping Kimbrel. I think, but I, I do think it could be a better allocation of resources to find someone to take that on and give me like a really good player back. Don't just trade that for some potential. Yeah, not, not like a salary dump. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah it's it, don't tra- if you treat it as a salary dump. Now that looks like a really bad trade. Yeah. Well, speaking of which. Beefloaf says, I can't wait to body Han for this trade of Kimbrel in the offseason taking 10 cents on the dollar. <laughs> yeah, if, if you if you do that, that looks like a really bad trade. Yeah. Unless yeah. they win the World Series this year, then I don't care what that trade looks Especially like. Exactly. Exactly. So it's like <laughs> if if you win the World Series, I don't care what you do with Kimbrel after that. I mean, I do, but I don't. No, I, um, I get it. And but but it comes down to at the end of the day, if you decide that you can get a legitimate upgrade, mm-hmm. do it. If you have to take on a little bit of Kimbrough's salary, do it. Do it, yeah. Yeah, I just, again, you know, you, you see the name Bellinger and you, you think of what he did the last couple of years, but you don't really think of how bad of a year he's having this year. Yeah. It's bad this year. It's bad. Like, he is just not having a good year. He had, like, a good, like, week, and people were like, oh, <laughs> Belly's back. Nope. It's been a brutal year. Absolutely brutal year. And so Alex brought that up today, and I was just like, holy fuck, man. That is crazy enough that it might work. I mean, yeah, that's wild. Oscar Colas, baby. Oh, my. This comment section has been off the fucking rails. Why not? uh, What's his name? Where's the Yuelke love? Yeah. (laughs) Just please don't do something like that. I just don't (laughs) do something where you think the option's internal. It's not. Cespedes mm-hmm. isn't hitting in double A yet. Colas isn't even in the system yet. Like mm-hmm. I know that was carry trolling. So I know. I, <laughs> but but there are people who have said that. Like you don't need to worry about right field. You've got Cespedes or Colas. Like that's not true. That's that's true in twenty. You know, I think I saw the Cespedes name pop up earlier in the week. I'm like, <laughs> I don't know. Can't tell if Josh is serious or not. But I will. Yeah. Okay. I'll do this too. <laughs> yeah, let's go, Craig Kimbrell for to Atlanta for Ozzy Albies. Yes. You want to talk about uh, people like <laughs> signing these guys for like next to nothing? Show. Like, look at his. He likes makes five, either five or seven million dollars a year. Like, it is ridiculous what Albies makes. What, what the, the Atlanta Albies Braves did to him and Acuna with those contracts, I, I don't know. That still seems a little. Yeah, I know. Like, what happened there? And by the way. Beef Wolf, I need some positivity tonight out of yeah, you, man. We got positive <laughs> Zoe going here. Yeah, this is I brutal. I can't actually, wait for the spin actually, of Adam Engel as your starting right fielder in 2022 because you know that's coming. I, no, mean, I was going to ask you guys, speaking of Adam Engel, so like who's starting in right field game one of the playoffs? Okay, stop it, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> Keep them coming, Josh. Keep them coming. Um, game one starter? Who's pitching? You know my answer. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know who'd start game one for the for Houston. No, Grinky? no, I'm saying for Houston. Yeah, oh, Grinky? for Houston. Yeah. Uh, either Grinky or maybe Valdez or McCullers. I they could go they could go a couple different ways. I don't know. So, I think in all scenarios, I put Engel out there to start. Okay, okay. So I just really don't want Adam Engel up against uh, a left-handed pitcher. Okay. okay. Really? Which means Isn't it le- he gets smoked by lefties, right? No, no, righties. His- oh, historically, he by- yeah, historically right, he's gotten smoked by righties, but even righties, this year he's been yeah. good. So, 
I don't uh, that's a tough one because my other thing that I don't know what they're gonna do with Andrew Vaughn. But that I was really gonna be, like, be the piggyback question, a, yeah. yeah. I feel like Vaughn and Sheets are gonna like be smushed together. And like you know what I mean? Like depending on who's pitching, it's gonna be Vaughn or Sheets or whatever, but with gold glove caliber defense out of Aloy in left field. <laughs> I know they've experimented with Vaughn and Wright. And I've seen sheets and right, and it's like, yeah, I don't know if I want that in the playoffs, but you want that bet. But once Vaughn's taken four ibuprofens, because that's literally all you have to do for inflammation of the lower back, but apparently he needs 10 <laughs> days to do that. Um, so once he figures that out, like, do you just see if he catches fire before the playoffs start? Because we saw Andrew Vaughn not just hit that rookie wall, but he evil Knieveled into that bitch. Like he went <laughs> 110 miles an hour and I don't know, man. Like I'd like to see if he can get back, if they face a lefty, then I, I, I don't see a world in which it's not angle and right. And Vaughn DH if, if they face yeah. Valdez, I'm fine with that. Because I'm, I think someone mentioned here, Casey. Like, yes, you, you're gonna choose the Vaughn lefty. You're gonna ride with that because that's still a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I think if Eng- I don't have a problem based on how Angles played recently, and it's all small sample size. Very small. I don't have a problem with him hitting are playing right field in all scenarios and having sheets DH against a right-hander and sitting Vaughn against lefty or against righties. I don't have a problem with that. Yeah. I think I'm good with that. I mean, I still am a firm believer that for some weird reason in my head, Gavin sheets is going to hit a game winner or a huge home run somewhere in these playoffs. Like, he I has just, decent I, at-bats. I, I, I have just, no problem with some of his at-bats. I just feel that. For some reason, that Gavin Sheets is going to do that. And I mean, Houston, lefty, bad, another the, Jeff Blum. But the conversation makes a good point. Adam Engel, you don't have to worry about him embarrassing himself defensively out there. Which I, I, every other name we mentioned is a very real possibility. <laughs> yep. I think it's, I, I see it very difficult to pose any other scenario than Engel and right field when you factor in the defense as well. Because you know Larusa likes his defense and his defensive replacements, especially. You, yeah, and I mean, yeah, you have to factor in the defense because, like I mentioned earlier in the show, as Josh and crew on the Sox machine mentioned, the White Sox are below. They're like they're not the worst, but I think he said like twenty third, twenty fourth team overall in fielding. Like, oh, maybe Dale's tackle is right. Fuck Dale's tackle. <laughs> um. Besides Joao Moncada, though, every other position's below average. Yeah, it's been it's been really bad. So you gotta put if you, you have, have like yeah. a team full of shitty defenders, you have to put the least shitty defenders on the field in the playoffs. Speaking about defense, this is gonna be completely random because again, it's just this I show's saw, been completely random for the last it, hour. It's, and it's, half. it's just like <laughs> a couple a couple random plays that I remember, but it's been a while. I think like I totally I can see you know the Luis Robert weird play in center. Oh, happening in the playoffs where just like something weird had he trips over or just yeah, the ball he, goes off what his he head. Do on that play like he turned the wrong way or something. It was <laughs> we were doing the show when it happened. I was just like, yeah, what yeah. the fuck just happened? <laughs> I, I'm not worried about him defensively. Um 
Not worried about angle defensively. Apparently, you know, Aloy's gold glove, so we can rack that one up. Uh, Yohan's been good. Tim's made some – in that last game in Detroit, Tim was making some wild-ass throws. Uh, this whole every other game shit, I'm done with that with Tim. He needs reps. Uh, yeah, he's been – he's had some struggles defensively, yeah. to put it lightly. I, I'm not I'm not too worried about it, but I just think he needs reps. Um, and also, I feel like Tim, Mankata, and Eloy especially, I'm going to single those three out are the types of guys because of their age and just how they carry it. And they need the game to mean something to keep their head in the game. So like a meaningless, like Monday afternoon rainy game in Detroit that literally has no implication on their playoffs. I think that those three and there could be more on this team are just kind of like, well, fuck it. You know, like they're not really into it where I'm not saying it's going to change in the playoffs. And I think that's part of, Tony's job is to get their heads on straight, but like with this team being as young as it is, Tony, fuck Jose Abreu, Grandal, the leaders on this team need to kind of really sit these younger guys down and be like, hey, yes, these games might not really count per se, but you got to screw your head on now. Like this is, it's go fucking time. Like let's get into this. Let's focus. Let's go. So just get the division, get the division. And I feel like that that's where you start to see it. I feel like there's still just some, I, this team has not won a division in what, 13 years. So it's like, I feel like there's, even though it's been locked up since June, I feel like there's still some nerves surrounding it. And it's just the mentality of a baseball. It'd be nice to just get this done. And then kind of like you're saying, so like, all right, we've got that done. Next big thing is October 7th. Get your head screwed on straight, figure out what you got to get ready for for that day because that's a good point. Because they can do the whole locker room, the you know, the Budweiser's flowing, people are pumped, whatever. But then I think that could be a really good, um, like aha moment for these guys where they'll be like, oh shit, it just got real. Like yeah. we're going to the fucking playoffs. It's cool. We're done. Right. Mm-hmm. Let's do what we need to do to get there. Yeah. And I'm waiting for it, man. And the more games go by, the more I get nervous. Cause it's not, it's really hard just to flip a switch. Uh, as Chicagoans, we got a little spoiled by those Blackhawks teams when <laughs> they would just fucking show up. And then all of a sudden it'd be like playoff time. Oh, here's 10 goals. And you're just like, what the fuck just happened? But um, tougher to do that in baseball. I'm a little nervous, but Jordan, tell everybody where they can find you. At Jay Lazowski14 on Twitter. Definitely um, gonna have to spell that. L A Z O W S K I. Take Mike Wazowski from Monsters Inc., change the W to an L, and you'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want some interesting White Sox takes, I, I'm there for you. Yes. Uh, I write for Sox on 35th. Um, we, we do a ton of work over there. We've just added a whole new crew. Um, so give give that to give that stuff a look because they've been putting out some brand new stuff and it's been really really good. Um, Diamond Digest is another. I was going to say, don't you're not getting out of here without say, mentioning Diamond Digest. I was going to say, yeah. so Diamond Digest, I want to put a plug for that too because I mean that's all I enjoy, baseball. I enjoy Diamond Digest. I just want to let you know that, and I'm saying I'm that on air. I actually, I it's a nice change of pace for me. I like Diamond Digest. So what, what Diamond Digest is, it's a bu- it's a much younger crew. It's mostly high school and college people is really starting to get their first uh, in into writing, uh, but it's for all teams. So mm-hmm. 
get get your uh, Houston, your Tampa Bay, all your playoff knowledge from all of them. They do a fantastic job writing their most of them are smarter than me yeah, when it comes I usually to read it, some of the numbers. Um, I put my glasses on and say, how do you do my fellow kids? And start <laughs> reading some of that stuff because it's, it's good stuff. And I, I think it's a good thing that you're doing. Uh, one of the hardest things getting into like blogs and podcasts and stuff like that. And people ask me and I've been doing this shit for around 10 years now and all this other stuff. Just uh, like, how do you build a following? How do you get this done? And the answer is always just right, man. You got to write, you got to get your shit out there. You got to be interactive on Twitter. You got to find your lane and really, you know, find your, whatever, who you want to be and all this stuff. And you got to really drive it home. And I think some of the hard thing for them is to find a platform. So I think that's really cool what you do there by giving them a chance to get started with that shit. Um, But I want to thank you a lot for coming on the show. I also Mm -hmm. want to thank you for not charging a podcast fee. Um, I don't have good enough. So why do you bring it up? Podcast me. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm really happy you didn't charge us for your two hours of prep you did for the show. And then Wait, hold on, hold on, Jordan. What is this invoice that you just emailed oh, the show, it, Jordan? Did you see the Venmo request come across? Yep. <laughs> no, I am. I am uh, not. Um, I'll go with conceited enough nor smart enough <laughs> no to charge for podcasts. I've never listened to a podcast that guy was on either. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, appreciate the, uh, the waving of the podcast fee. Um, <laughs> we'll have Fids Venmo you for taking his spot. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, if, if you've made it this far to the show and you're not following Jordan by now, you're, you're dumb. Um, all you got anything else? Well, I was going to say the last thing for those of you listening, uh, you know, new to, if this is, if this is your first time, you know, listening to Jordan, uh, you know, obviously seek him out, uh, Socks on 35th, and like I said, his Twitter. Uh, and then do two things. Uh, you know, comment how bad Dylan Cease is and how horrible Yasmin Grandal is. He yes. really enjoys those topics. So yeah. some, so one quick thing, and I promise this will be the last thing I say. That's Someone funny. on Twitter, like the other day, was like, when everyone was freaking out over the Sox loss, was like, why do why does everyone like get so worked up? Like, I just ignore opinions I don't agree with. And I comment, I'm like, I'm not good at that. Like, no. So if you say those things to me, I'll probably respond because I am not good at ignoring people. It's it's a problem. I am the exact same way. It pisses me off sometimes. I'm like, why am I even typing this? And I'll type things to respond and I'll like erase it. And then I'll it's like a thing for just a second. But I always just, I always reply. I don't know why I get sucked into like, the guys whose Twitter avatar is a picture of their car, and they're like, "Oh, you fucking pussy!" It gets me. It gets like, me. Oh, okay. I was like Joe, who runs Sacks on Thirty Fifth. Sometimes, but like, he'll text me, be like, "Did you really just respond?" And then I'm like, "Yeah, I just, I, I got nothing." Right, I do it too, but it's a thing. It it, it happens, but no, it's a great follow. Keep doing what you're doing, and um, yeah, for everybody, I gotta say. The chat has been absolutely on fire. Tonight. Phenomenal. Funny. Thank you, to you guys are awesome for interacting. If you're listening to the show on one of the podcast networks, uh, you're missing out by not watching it live on Wednesday night. The, uh, the, the chat on YouTube, which you should be subscribing to the page anyways, has been unreal. Uh, so thank you all. We really appreciate that shit. Um, if the Sox do, well, I shouldn't say it when the Sox clinch, <laughs> on Thursday, they got two games against Cleveland. They just got to win one of them. Uh, I'll probably go live and 
cry happy tears because <laughs> I, I know everyone is i know even i just said it's a participation trophy but at the end of the day the white Sox just won the central division you've been like, waiting yeah, yeah a long ass time it's for that fucking cool all right we get it jordan i'm old but it's I'm old. <laughs> it's no, just, i was thinking of last bit of trivia 2008 obviously last time the white Sox won division another like the week of number one movie in october or i guess oh, it was late Lord. september 2008 2008 actually i looked it up for like when they were in the playoffs so october 2008 what was the number one movie in america fuck dude you're gonna have to give me some kind of hint i don't even think i don't i i don't think jordan's gonna know this movie or who knows who knows maybe it was it maybe it was his uh demographic here armageddon uh it has to do with such a shot in the dark that was was like late 90s that was such a shot in the dark (laughs) it's about animals talking animals but not Uh, animated Homeward Bound? No. Fuck, that was a good guess, though. Air Bud? Beverly Hills Chihuahua. That was not what I was going to guess. I'm glad I didn't guess. (laughs) What a classic. Um, Breaking news. If the Sox win the clutch. There you go. Clinch. There will be a Twitter space. Uh, Josh Nelson over at Sox Machine hosts them. I usually partake in them. Jordan does, too. Uh, It's always a good time. So if you're on the Twitter machine, uh, use them fingers to find that. How many memes space. of Larusa celebrating? You know? <laughs> you know, oh, oh yeah, <laughs> Lord have mercy. Take a drink every time. So, oh, I bet you Tony's having a drink tonight. <laughs> yeah, we get it, guys. He drinks. We get it, you guys. Are it's. Clever. I mean, there's gonna be a photo. There's gonna be a celebration. Oh, there is gonna be a photo. There, if I'm his agent, I'm standing next to him the entire time. Like, you are not putting a beer in your hand. Don't do it. You Don't will go it. in the bathroom and I will funnel beers down your throat. So you can suck in as many as you yeah. want in the bathroom. Yes. No cameras. Yes, no cameras in the stall because all we need is a picture of you double fisting Budweiser aluminum <laughs> bottles, pouring it in your mouth, and then it's just done. It's all over. It's a meme. But thank you, everybody. <laughs> Appreciate everybody. Again, thank you, Jordan, for coming on. And uh, we will see you guys next week. Same bad time, same bad channel to talk about our hopefully our AL Central champion, Chicago White Sox. Rebuild of the favorites. We here for the latest. Yeah. South side or the north side. Not tuned to the greatest. Home team for the home teams. Both sides got our own rings. On the mound or the long ball. But we don't put the wrong strings. Yeah. It's that time of the year now Wrigley or Gantee So the whole league that we here now New show with a new mood Discussions and interviews Straight rumors that might be This is Pinwheels and Knife Yeah This is what you waiting for, yeah You can put it on the board, yeah Every season they get all changed Take me out to the bar game This is what you waiting for, yeah You can put it on the board Season, make it all change. Season, make it all change. Season, make it all change. Season, make it all change.